0: So, without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. It's called Recovery and Restoration. God made a wonderful promise to me and you in Joel chapter 2, a promise that many believers don't really know about, much less believe that it's true. And since the Bible says, be it unto you according to your faith, if they don't believe it, then they won't receive it. So the benefits of this awesome promise that came from their father, you know, the God of recovery and restoration, will never happen. They'll never receive it. Because they don't believe it God tells us in his word That he'll restore everything that the devil has stolen And or devoured from us Including the years that he devoured from us That includes a restoration of all the time As well as a restoration of all the dimes That the devil devoured in our lives That's a life changing promise From a life giving, life changing God That'll have a life changing effect in our lives When it comes to pass Brothers and sisters Let's learn some more about it So that that life-changing promise that God makes will come to pass in our lives. So without further ado, let me share today's message with you. It's called Recovery and Restoration. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. Remember Moses is the one that he's going to send back into the place that he ran away from. Because he feared his life while he was there. And he ran away from there. Because he knew the power of the people there, so he tried to get as far away from there as possible. That's why he went over on the backside of the mountain, was raising up sheep and stuff like that praise God. Because he like, I'm just going to stay out here, back here. I'm going to stay over here by myself. I'm just, just, just cool right here. I'm good to go. But God said, no, I'm going to take you, and I'm going to send you back in, and I'm going to tell you to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And he going to let them go, too, because I'm going to raise up a mighty hand against him. And when they go out, and when y'all go out, you ain't going out empty. You're going to go out with some substance because they're going to spoil the Egyptians. And when they spoil the Egyptians, they're going to give them silver. They're going to give them gold. They're going to give them raiment. Somebody say the hookup. They're going to give them the hookup. They're going to be like dressed to the nine at that time when they're walking out with a dollar and a dime. They're going to be just fine. Is anybody hearing me up in here? God told Moses how the people is going to come out. I love God. He telegraphs his punches. You know, this guy died, went, you know, died recently. His name is Muhammad Ali, praise God. He died recently. I hope he was saved, praise God. If not, well, praise God. You know, he used to telegraph his... Punches. He used to telegraph what round he would knock people down in. And people loved that. They could they and I, I remember those days. I used to love that. Praise God. He'd tell people what round he was gonna knock them down. He'd tell tell what 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 in you know, round eight, you know, I'm gonna you know knock you knock knock you through the gate and all that kind of stuff. And and, and and he'd do it too. He'd come back and do exactly what he said. Oh, we loved it. We'd be screaming and hollering over the hood, we'd be screaming and hollering, we'd be shouting about it, prayers God, going outside and get drunk later. Praise God. Get I ex- wasn't saved. Praise God. We get outside, drink something later hallelujah get excited about it god yeah. telegraphs his punches he tells you exactly what's gonna happen now the question is is are you gonna believe what he said because if you believe what you say what he said you can benefit from what he said i got anybody that believe that's in the house praise yeah. god he told them what he was gonna do just like he's telling us what he's gonna do he's telling us that he said i'm gonna restore everything that the canker worm has stolen i'm gonna i'm gonna give back to you everything that should have been yours that's what he was telling them. He's going to give back to them that which should have been there. Turn to Exodus chapter 6. In this place, you hey, he had him go tell uh, the children of Israel what he was going to do. How God was going to come through. Yes. Exodus chapter 6. Begin reading at verse 6. It says, Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. it to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob and I will give to it to you for a heritage I am the Lord and Moses spake unto the children of Israel but they hearkened not unto Moses for anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage notice Moses spake unto the children of Israel he spoke to them the words that God told him to speak to them said exactly what God said to them but they hearkened not unto Moses for anguish of spirit and of cruel bondage although Moses told the people what God told him to tell his people about the wonderful things that he was going to do for them they didn't really believe him they didn't hearken unto him that word hearken right there means to hear intelligently hear intelligently which shows you that we can hear something, but we don't hear it intelligently. Well, when do we hear intelligently? We hear intelligently when we hear with the intention of doing and or receiving whatever it is it says for me and you to do, to hear, to be able to, to, to respond to and, 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 and operate according to what was just said to me and you. But sometimes being in bondage for so long can cause a person to begin to think wrong. Sometimes for a person has been down so long, they, can't, they have trouble even accepting the concept of them ever being lifted up again. Some people have been living from paycheck to p- paycheck for so long, they can't even imagine being in a position where they don't even need another paycheck. Some people have been in a situation of, of, of working for so long that they can't even imagine a day of not working. Not for too long. Because they don't think that they, well, what do I do? Well, what do I do with my life if I don't work? Well, what what do I do? What are you going to do? That's what people say to people when they're about to retire. Well, what you going to do with your life? Well, I'm going to go fishing. Well, what's going to happen when you catch all your fish that you're going to catch? What you going to do? Well, you know, I'm going I'm going um, you know, I'm going I'm to, um, you know. Folk don't even know. They like, they like. Just like a lot of people when you start telling them about what God's going to do. He's going to bring restoration of everything that was stolen from you. Your floors are going to be full of, full of this and that. And your, and your vats are going to be full of wine. And it's going to be full of, yeah, okay. They don't really believe it. They've been down so long that they start to think wrong. They can think so wrong that they won't even consider the good thing that God says that he's going to do. as something that God can really do. Because we hear it, we don't hear it. We hear it, we don't hear it. We hear it like that'd be nice, but add faith to it, no. Because I don't know, I don't believe that. See, instead, they'll think of God's promises as a pipe dream or a fantasy that can even be an irritation uh, to the one being told. Because if we was continue to read, you would see how they would get irritated when Moses would come back around and tell them what it is that God's going to do, reminding them of what God's going to do. they get irritated that when the message was first going out, then it was about eight rows deep, nine rows deep. But then when the message keeps going out, coming back, then it's seven rows deep. Then it's like six rows deep. And then it's like five rows deep. And then, you know, then, you know, dropping. Why? Because people are like, I know what he's talking about. He's talking about recovery and restoration. I know God's going to give me recovery and restoration. I know. I know. And what else we got to say about it? Some folk been down so long, they even think that the opportunities that's presented to God and, and look at them as wrong. So when it came time for God to be able to cause the recovery and restoration for his people, of the substance that he had in store for them, then he 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 came back and talked to him again. But this time he came to him with instructions. See, many times God will keep talking to you and tell you what He going to do, 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 do. Then He talk to you about what He going to do, what He going to do. But one of them times He's going to come back with an instruction. He's going to come back with an instruction. And if you believed what he said the first time, that what he was going to do, you'll do it. Because this is the opportunity that's being presented to you now to be able to receive what God has in store for you. Because the blessings of God many times are attached to opportunities. And those opportunities are attached to instructions. When it came time for God to be able to cause recovery and restoration of his people's substance, he gave them instructions to follow. He told them what to do so that he could do for them what it is he promised them to do. And see, if you do what he say do, when he presents those instructions to you, it's going to work out real good for you. Turn over to Isaiah chapter 1. I know you know it. We're just going to look at it. Praise God anyway. Nothing wrong with looking at what you already know. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's why you keep watching those reruns over and over again. You already know what's going to happen. Praise God. But you you look at them again. Praise God. So let's look at the scripture again. Praise God. Isaiah chapter 1. I love the Lord. I can't get enough of his stuff. Isaiah chapter one. Verse nine. Of course, Isaiah was talking to a stiff-necked, hard-hearted, rebellious, stout-hearted people. That's who he was called to talk to. Everybody's called to talk to somebody. I'm called to talk to a, a wise, receiving, and you know, intelligent church. One that's easy to preach to, one that's easy to teach. Isaiah didn't have that privilege like I had. praise God. Isaiah was called to talk to a hard-headed, stiff-necked, stout-hearted folk that would roll their eyes at him. At that time, he would go tell them something. God spoke to him through him this time. He said, look, if you be willing and obedient, verse 19, you shall eat the good of the land. If you just, can I paraphrase, if you just do what I said do, it's going to work out real good for you. But you got to be willing and you got to be obedient. And if you be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. I love that word shall. Come on with me, y'all. It's the strongest assertion in any language. What does it mean? No ifs, no ands, and no buts about it that means there's no ifs, there's no ands, there's no buts about it. That God said you do this. Ain't going to be no but about this. Ain't going to be not where. Well. I know I said that, but. No, no, you ain't going to run into that. Ain't going to run into no buts. You're going to run straight forward into what God has himself for you. Because if you don't offer God no butt, you won't receive no butt. Because whatsoever you sow is what you're going to grow. Is anybody hearing me up in here? Whatsoever you sow is what you're going to grow. You don't sow a butt, you won't reap a butt. Because you'll be like, I didn't do it. But God, why didn't you give me none? He said, well, God said, because but, you didn't do it, you know. Amen. Now, if you get your butt doing it, then it'll work out well for you. Because if you be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the Lamb. Interestingly enough, that word obedient right there is that same word hear intelligently. To hear intelligence, Shema. It's to hear intelligent with the implication of attention and obedience. Because you gotta hear it. And when you hear it, you gotta understand the opportunity is being presented to you. And then you gotta do what it is said to do. Many times opportunities that God give you might not make no sense. I said, they might not make no sense. In fact, they might sound crazy. They might sound absolutely ridiculous. They might sound like, they might sound just as crazy as it was when he said, I'm going to restore everything that the, that the canker arm restored. He said, I'm going to restore everything. Everybody like, man, you, you know how much that would be. You know what that would be. I got to figuring one day about if he just restored to me what I gambled, I was like, oh, my goodness. Good God almighty. I mean, shoot, that's, that's staggering. It was like, oh my goodness. And then I started, wait a minute, adding the restitution on top of that. Twice as much and four times as much and then seven times as much. I'm like, oh, see, snap. I'll finance this whole ministry single handed. Triple the staff and double their pay. And it'll all be handled out of what I receive every day. I'm like, well, come on with it, Lord. But he'll add an instruction right after that. That'll say, okay, you like? Do this. Do you want that? Do this. If you don't move, you show that you really didn't want it. Which means you really didn't believe. Because faith always has actions to go along with it. It ain't just that we sit up and get excited about it and then hold our hand out and wait. Mm-mm. You're going to have to do something. You to have to wait on the Lord. Wait on him like a waiter. There's something you're going to need to do. Is anybody hearing me? That's what you got to do. Because if you be willing and obedient, you'll lead the good of the land. They need to hear and do what it is he said to do. And if they do what it is he told them to do, then he told them that then he was going to do what he told them they was going to do. I'm going to restore and recover everything that I have in store for you. And that they would eat the good of the land if they just be an obedient woman or man. That's because he he would turn around and put substance in their hand. Go to Exodus chapter 11, please. God told Moses to tell his people of God what to do to spoil the Egyptians. He told them exactly what to do In order to explore the Egyptians. All they had to do is do what he told them to do. Don't modify it. Don't change it. Don't adjust it. And definitely don't do less than what he said to do. Exodus chapter 11. Now he had already told them what to do. In order to be delivered. Praise God. He told them what to to do. To be delivered. Now he's telling them what to do. In order to be able to uh, have delivered to them. What God had in store for them. Praise God. So Exodus chapter eleven verse one says, and the Lord said to Moses, "Yet will I bring one plague more unto Pharaoh, and upon Egypt. Afterwards, he will let you go. Hence, when he shall let you go, notice he said shall, he shall let you go. He shall surely thrust you out hence altogether, which means he throwing you and everything that's attached to you out. Speak now in the ears of the people." And let every man borrow of his neighbor and his and every woman of her neighbor, Jews of silver and Jews of gold. He told him what to do. Verse three, he said, and the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the, of, the, of the Egyptians. Moreover, he gave the man Moses. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt in the sight of Pharaoh's servants and in the sight of the people. Let's go back. He told them, look, he going to let you go, but this is what I need you to do. Speak now in the ear of the people and let every man borrow of his neighbor and every woman of his neighbor, Jews of silver and Jews of gold. Now, God knew that the children of Israel was about to be delivered. But God also knows us. I thank God for a God that knows us. Mm-hmm. He know more about you than you know about yourself. God knew that the children of Israel would be satisfied with just being set free. He knew they would be satisfied with just being set free. Especially after being in bondage for so long that they would leave without they would but they would leave behind all the stuff that should have been theirs. Just like he knows us. A lot of us are satisfied that we've been set free. That's why we say stuff like, and I understand the point. I'm not making a negative statement about it, but come on, hear me out. That's why we say stuff like, if he never do another thing for me, I'm more than satisfied. And we are. If he never does another thing for us, we'd be more than satisfied. But what if he would do more than that? But what if he would do more? What if he would come through with more? Would you be satisfied with that too? But see, God knew that the people of the children of israel after being in bondage for 430 years collectively as a people that if the door opened up for them to go they was going they was going to be gone that was going to be the end of the conversation they was going i mean they was going they going to leave out like Roadrunner. Remember how when Roadrunner used to take off running, he used to leave that, that little circle behind him and stuff like that, that little little dust where he would just take off? That wasn't him, Putin. He was running. And he would like leave a, a, like a, a vortex and stuff like that behind him. He knew the children of Israel was going to do the same thing too. But when they leave, they would leave behind all the stuff that should have been theirs. All the stuff that should have been theirs. Because remember, their masters had abused them. In their work for over 430 years, not giving them the wages that they would do, not sharing with them the profits from the labor that they were out there sweating and doing, the the profits that were caused, they didn't get a part of it, stealing from them what was rightfully theirs, causing them to be able to live their lives in lack while they, the slave masters, live lavishly right there in their view, laying on their back. Go get me another one of these, go get me another one of them, and they go get it, but couldn't have none of them for themselves, too. Is that deep or what? And that happens to a lot of us, whereas we get a chance to be able to be right there where the rich people are, right there where the people are that always had stuff, right there where the, and and, 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 and come on, work with me now. Most of these are people from the world, and we work for them. And if they pay you $75,000, it's because you make them one hundred and fifty to $225,000. If they pay you $30,000, it's because you make them close to $100,000. Because otherwise they wouldn't do that. Because they got to also pay for your Obamacare and everything else. Praise God. And, they, and they not gonna cost, it's not going to cost them to have you. You are producing for them that much. But the problem is, is your production isn't being shared the way it's supposed to be. It's not coming back to you. Why? Because that's the system that's established to that work like that. Praise God. I'm not speaking against it. I'm just saying that's the way it is. But at the same time, we're now his. And we should learn to not be satisfied with just the fact that we've been set free. We need to also get back everything that was rightfully due you and me. Because there are things that are rightfully due us that we're supposed to have too. That's why God said, I'm going to tell you what to do so that you can get back from them what was supposed to be yours and which was always due. Those wages that you were, that you would do that you weren't given. That profit that you were supposed to be able to enjoy that but wasn't shared with you. That's, that stuff they stole from you that you was rightfully due. Where they was living large while they was in charge, but you didn't have enough of what it is that it took to even pay, pay your light bill that was due. He said, I'm, 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 I'm going to do something about that. If God didn't intervene, then their masters would have sent them away empty. If God would not have intervened, then the, then the masters would have sent them away empty. Why is that? Because the masters wasn't studying them. They was not thinking about them. They weren't thinking about their well-being. Just like the world don't think about your well-being. The devil sure don't think about your well-being. He come out before the steal, kill, and destroy. Only reason why you there is so he can steal from. And then he can kill and destroy and do what he want to do. He don't care nothing about you. If God didn't intervene, their master would have sent them away empty. He would have sent them away without their pay. Because think about it. They had been working even before they got set free. But they would have ran out the door and wouldn't even receive the pay that was rightfully due to them. They would have been sent out without their back pay. They would have been sent out without their stuff. Because a lot of that stuff that was in their, in their master's houses, that they was polishing, washing, dusting, cleaning, was supposed to be theirs. So God told them to demand it before they depart. Demand it before you depart. Put a demand on that which is yours before you depart. Come on, can I talk to you? God is trying to teach you right now to put a demand on that which is yours before you depart. Put a demand, a faith demand on that which is yours before you depart. God's going to split the sky not too soon, not too far away. And it show ain't too soon. He going to split the sky and he going to come and get you and I. But before he go, before he come and before you go, put a demand on that which is rightfully yours. God told them to demand it before they de- their departure. And look at the kind of things that God told them to expect to receive. He told them jewels of silver and jewels of gold. None of that is cheap stuff. I said none of that is cheap stuff. God don't want you having cheap stuff. God wants you to have stuff that's more than enough. Look at verse 3. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. Verse 3. It says, and the Lord gave the the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. He gave them favor. So that they could experience the recovery and restoration of their stuff. God gave them favor. Well, that's all that we have time for today. We trust that you are blessed for what the word of God had to say. Brothers and sisters it's good to be loved by a god who made such a wonderful promise like the one that he made in joel chapter 2 to me and you that he will restore everything that the devil has stolen from me and you it's something that he'll do for us because of his love for us he loves us enough to recover and restore everything that's been lost and or stolen from us let's love him enough to let him do it for us let's let him bring recovery and restoration to us if you want to hit a message in its entirety. Just contact the church office at area code 210 7859 That's area code 210 7859 Or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center, 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'll be more than glad to get it out to you ASAP. If you're in San Antonio or visiting San Antonio and surrounding areas, come visit us at Word of Faith. We're located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 645, Saturday afternoons at 430, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. If you don't have transportation or you're in need of a ride, we'll come and get you. We have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. We'll pick you up, bring you to the church, and then drop you off at home after it's over. Just call the church office and arrange a ride if you need a ride. We'll be more than glad to come and get you. Come on through. You'll be blessed when you do. And don't forget, saints, make sure that you're in church on Sunday. If you're not at work, every child of God needs to be in their father's house on Sunday. Radio and internet are a great benefit. But there's nothing like being in the house of God. I agree with the psalmist who said, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. So if you can go to church on Sunday, Be in church on Sunday. You'll be blessed if you do, and God will too. Don't miss this awesome opportunity of being in church with other God-loving, God-worshipping believers this Sunday. Don't forget to tune in to our broadcast next week for more of this life-changing Word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the Word? Y'all stay blessed. See you next week.